0: Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060 Tempe Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Up top of your street. Stafford, Akers will try once more. Akers. Ball pops out, the ball loose at the goal line. The Cardinals have it. Akers coughs it up, and Arizona recovers. That's where it popped out. Buda Baker slapping that Rydell helmet right on the football. That was the longest play of the day for the Washington offense. And now Heineke over the middle. It's Dotson. Dotson spins. Whoa. 10 to the end zone. Touchdown. Dreams One coming three. true much faster than it looked like it was going to. They let him throw again. Wide open, Debo Samuel got a block from George Kittle. Debo Samuel, there he goes. Foot on the gas all the way. Touchdown, San Francisco. A 74-yarder. Najee Harris, the back, second and goal. And Pickens an end zone shot. And Pickens caught it in Yes. The spectacular rookie has done it again. Now up to 97 pitches, 60 strikes in
2: that stir. So he's right on schedule Ooh. and threw a beauty of a
1: fastball right there and rings up talkman. Ryan Nelson has set down seven straight and leads it 3-0 out there with Dave McKay taking ground balls off the fungo. He's having them bang balls off the ivy so he can see what they're going to do during a game. Tommy Pham slams one deep to right center and Tommy Pham has homered again in Chicago. His second of the ball game and the Diamondbacks have a 5-1 to one lead. Watson takes off for second. Suzuki lines oh. it. Rivera what a stop. Scoped by Walker, and Manuel Rivera gets the final out. Walker on the other end, completes the play, and it's a 6-2 Diamondbacks win. On Tuesday, go, go. So this is third and six. Malone throws the cross, It is intercepted out to deflection! Brian Branch, the rookie, ties the game with his first NFL touchdown! Brian Branch, they have been excited since the day they drafted him right through the hands of Tony Aiden. Play nine of the drop. Montgomery with some momentum to the end zone for the touchdown. David Montgomery behind the strength of the Lions. The offensive line, an extra point away from the lead for Detroit here in the fourth. Fields, oh, what a move to move past Nixon. And Justin Fields ahead of the field. And gone. What a run it's his third rushing touchdown of 50 plus yards this year late switch by herbert out of the pocket two receivers this side Williams feet down touchdown Mike Williams Prescott touchdown Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at kdusam 1060 And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on kdusam AM1060.
2: Welcome to the Friday, September 8th edition of the Sports Zone, not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7, Cardinals Commanders, who you got Sunday ATS in Washington, 49ers Steelers, who you got ATS in Pittsburgh on Sunday, uh, the Diamondbacks and Cubs, how important was last night's win at Wrigley? The Chiefs, uh, who did they miss the most last night, Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones? More NFL week number one, who you got? And also what else caught your eye since our last show. Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday, and moments will be the introduction of today's pipeline. 9:15 around the NFL, Mike Tanier will join us from The Messenger. Also Mike, the co-author of the FTN Almanac. 9:30. It'll be interactive action at 6:02, 260, 1060, and also some local roundup. We'll have a little Cardinals, ASU, and uh, U of A Wildcats uh, sports. Uh, you know, excuse me, uh, point spread updates. He tried to form a sentence there in my brain, which is sometimes a questionable thing. And also, we'll get into some of the Diamondbacks' victory over the Cubs at Wrigley Field last night. And then the final segment of the Sports Zone today. It'll be the national roundup, topped by. Uh, a little on the NFL latest line side and some MLB scoreboard from last night. Wasn't much going on, but there was a very important game in the American League uh, last night. And, uh, and the Seattle Mariners won it. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it'll be the extra point hosted by KO. That'll include a preview of the NFL and college football weekend. And also the return of our prop bet segment this year with uh, Brian Blewett of Pro Football Network. Right now, on the pipeline we go.
1: Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion.
2: Then we start with a KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. And today's question is, who you got on Sunday at Washington? Cardinals plus seven or the commanders minus seven? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Right now, we're on the Commanders minus 7 at
1: 88% of the vote. Cardinals plus 7 at 13% of the vote.
2: Okay, I'm a little surprised it's, probably, I'm a little surprised it's not 100%, but you know, it's not like the Commanders are headed to the Super Bowl, I guess. Meanwhile, the Cardinals, as we have mentioned multiple times this summer, uh, I guess we're past the summer now, but we've done it several times in the last you know few months here. They're an underdog in every game this season in sports books that have posted point spreads for every game this season. They're the only team not favored in any game. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question: Who you got Sunday at Pittsburgh? The Niners minus two and a half, or the Steelers plus two two and a half? Home underdog there, Kayla. What's going on here? 49ers minus 2.5 at 87.5% of the vote. Steelers plus 2.5 at 12.5%. This is on Twitter at AM 1060 This game features the first quarterback drafted in 2022. Kenny Pickett, of course, was also Mr. Preseason 2023. And this game features the last quarterback drafted in 2022, Mr. Irrelevant uh, Valley product Brock Purdy. All right, on the uh, local front, back to the local front we go. The Diamondbacks won the first of the four-game series at Wrigley Field. Ryan Nelson delivered in his return from the minor leagues, and Tommy Pham hit two homers in the eventual 6-2 victory. How important was the Diamondbacks' victory last night, the series' opening victory at Chicago? Meanwhile, back to spanning the globe, the Lions won the opener at Kansas City. Uh, Detroit's uh, defensive line took over in the fourth quarter. You heard the Mike Tirico uh, called highlight there at the top. That offensive line definitely took over. And the defense of the Lions benefited from many Chiefs drop passes. What stood out most to you during the Lions winning the opener against the Chiefs last night in Kansas City? Back to the NFL on Sunday. In addition to the previously mentioned Cardinals, Commanders, and 49ers-Steelers games, the Sunday slate also includes Packers at Bears, Dolphins at Chargers, and Sunday night the Cowboys at the Giants. Pick any game, ATS, on this week's schedule. Or if you're into the totals, over-under totals, I'm all for that too if you want to get into that some. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That is the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at kdusam1060 or twitter.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules, accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Sounds like the Chiefs fans last night after Tony dropped his third pass in that game. Hmm. Sounds like, you know, the usually, you know, very rabid home field type of thing in Kansas City. They booed one of their own players. They were not happy. All right. Coming up next, Corey, we have a news update. That'll be followed by some NFL talk, including... Uh, a little bit on the Chiefs and the Lions from last night. Some analysis. We'll start with that for, uh, with Mike Tanier of The Messenger. So stay tuned for that. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time. General discussion. If you got any picks for games this weekend, get them in then. Uh, or in the extra point. But uh, that'll be your first opportunity at the bottom of the hour to get them in at that time. 602-260-1060. Also, as I mentioned, a little local roundup. We will have some of the Diamondbacks' victory last night at Wrigley Field and also some updated point spreads with the Cardinals, ASU, and the U of A, all underdogs this upcoming weekend, our first big weekend of NFL and college football. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude.
1: Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is male,
3: chicken.
0: Once you're ready, say Alexa. Open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows.
2: Back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The NFL season began last night with the Lions' second-half rally to beat uh, the Chiefs. For analysis and a look ahead of the season, we're now joined, and then I look at some Sunday games too. Out to the KDOS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by longtime Sports Zone guest Mike Tanier of the Messenger and also co-author of the FTN Almanac. And, Michael, it's good to have you. Let's start with last night. The Lions off season and the the, the preseason hype uh, is probably you know, sky high, even more out of control now after they beat the uh, shorthanded Chiefs last night. How did the Lions manage to really not maybe not dominate the second half, but they certainly closed it out in the fourth quarter? How'd they do that?
0: You know, it's more of a gutsy win than a great win. When you look at it, of course, you beat the Chiefs, so you don't want to underestimate that under any circumstances. But, you know, the Lions do it with, frankly, a what should have been a completed pass, bouncing out of a receiver's hand into Brian Branch's hand. That becomes a pick six. Uh, they do it with the uh, Chiefs looking at, like, a short yardage situation and instead of running the ball, running some wacky Blake Bell trick play, Statue of Liberty play, getting a loss, being forced to punt. They They, they took advantage of a lot of Chiefs' errors, You know, both strategically and the fact that the Chiefs just don't have the receiving core they've had in past years. So, you know, the Lions did a lot right. They played very sound on defense. Uh, They made some of the plays they had to make. made some very clever decisions along the way. But there were a lot of cases where they were the team that capitalized rather than necessarily being the team that was, you know, playing outstanding football themselves.
2: Andy Reid didn't exactly have his best game. Uh, You mentioned the drop (laughs) passes. Also, I think the two new offensive tackles are, you know, you know, sketchy at best. Uh, <laughs> reason for concern uh, on those things, or just you know, one week and a slow start.
0: Well, the reason for concern is that the Chiefs are a Super Bowl or bust team. They're defending champion. If- they lose in the playoffs, that's a, that's a bad season for them, you know, as opposed to the Lions, who if they make it to the playoffs and like win one game, that's a huge season for them. So your reason for concern for the Chiefs is, uh, okay, Travis Kelsey comes back next week, probably they'll be fine there. We don't know when Chris Jones is coming back, and we don't know if this is a team that's going to be able to stand up against the Bills and the Bengals and any other powerhouses that might emerge in the AFC the way they're currently constructed. Kelsey coming back will help. Like you said, the, the tackles, you know, there was some weird stuff going on in terms of the, the blocking and the way those tackles were aligning to, to keep Patrick Mahomes healthy. The receivers are not getting any better this year. This might not be a team that can stand up against the other Super Bowl contenders.
2: So let just go with the two guys who sat out last night. Who would they miss the most, Kelsey or Chris Jones?
0: It's absolutely Kelsey. I mean, if you just look at the at the pick six, that's a play where the ball probably doesn't go to Kadarius Tony in a situation like that. That's a kind of play where you look to Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey makes that catch, it's a ten yard catch. Instead it goes to a guy who kinda of, uh Volleyballs it in the air for a defender to catch. So, you know, the defense played pretty well. Uh, remember, uh, of the 21 points the Lions scored, seven were their defensive touchdown. The defense only allowed 14 points. Mm-hmm. They did get dashed a few times against the run. Jones is important, but Travis Kelsey is not just a tight end. He's the wide receiver one there. He's the answer to Stephon Diggs or Justin Jefferson for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They need him back to, to stay in the Super Bowl picture.
2: Mike Tanier of uh, the Messenger and co-author of the FTN Almanac, currently in the sports zone. All right, so let's just kind of go back to the preseason, off-season, training camp portion of the of the uh, of the calendar here. Did we really learn anything during that stretch that maybe changed your opinion twenty twenty three regular season opinion of a team or two?
0: Well, there is a lot. I'll start with the Denver Broncos who. Going into the training camp, you had a feeling, well, maybe Sean Payton is going to resuscitate Russell Wilson and, you know, he's going to turn that franchise around quickly. And the impression I get coming out of it is it sounds like he's at loggerheads with Russell Wilson and that he's not necessarily happy with the roster and that he wants to try and figure out how to rebuild. Now, we'll know more in the week or or two, but, you know, during uh, during the training camp when Russell Wilson took the field in preseason games, he looked a little bit lost. He looked skittish. Um, when Sean Peyton would comment on the way things were going, he was not upbeat. He was not uh, uh, optimistic. And, you know, he, he's fired shots across Russell Wilson's bow. So there's a team I think a lot of us are looking at as possibly, you know, a stealth contender, quick turnaround team. I look at them and say we might be talking in week four or week five about how eager they are to blow things up.
2: NFC season-long predictions, uh, any surprise, quote-unquote, division winners uh, heading into the – or wildcard teams, for that matter?
0: The thing you have to keep an eye on in the NFC is that someone has to win the NFC South, and the <laughs> NFC South schedules are incredibly easy. Not only do they play each other and none of the teams are strong, but they all play teams like uh, the Colts who are rebuilding with a rookie quarterback, the Texans mm-hmm. who are rebuilding with a rookie quarterback. The Titans, who should be rebuilding with their rookie quarterback, they all get to face these teams. So you need to look at the Saints, who are full of veterans, who we know are pretty good, to very good players. And you have to look at the Falcons, who did a lot of rebuilding, particularly on defense, where you don't necessarily notice it uh, as, as quickly. And if you look at those two teams and say, their schedules are going to put them in a position, they could win 10 games, 11 games, even 12 games, and not be particularly great teams, teams that just get out there and, and smoke a lot of rebuilding teams. And if that's the case, those are teams you have to watch out for in the playoffs as well because if you're going to play a home game in the Superdome, even if you're a better team, you have to watch it because that can be a big home field advantage for a team like the Saints or like the Falcons.
2: Okay, time for my daily cheap shot to the local team here. Are the Cardinals the uh-huh. worst team in the NFL?
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I, I, when a team goes out of their way to make themselves weaker, two weeks before the season, and, and that's really what happened. You know, Isaiah Simmons goes from somebody who was expected to start to somebody who gets traded, you know, for a, a six-pack of energy drink. You know, and Colt McCoy, through the entire <laughs> process of the offseason, yeah, we get it. Everyone gets it. It's like, okay, they're going to roll with Colt McCoy because Kyler Murray's hurt, and they're going to kind of deal with the fact that he's like the offensive of coordinator playing quarterback. And they don't, they don't punt on this plan in July. They don't put this plan on August 1st and say, hey, you know what, Clayton Tuner, you know what, we're making a trade. They punt on this plan on like August 28th or whenever it was that they made that decision to bring in Dobbs. They're telling you, you know, who they are this year and, and kind of what their long range plan
3: is.
2: Okay. From the minor leagues and the Cardinals back to the major <laughs> leagues here. Uh, the AFC, uh, any surprises or division winners, wildcard teams that you have there?
0: Not, you know, it's tough because I think we all put the Bills in the East. We all put the Jaguars in the South. I don't think anyone's thinking otherwise. And we all still are going to put the Chiefs in the front of the West. We're not going to overreact to what we saw on Thursday night. And that leaves the North. And I don't think it's a surprise to the North. I mean, I'm, I'm really high on the Bengals. I think the Bengals are a very strong team. I think they might now have the best offensive line in the NFL because they added Orlando Brown to an already strong rebuilt line. But if you want to say – hey, you know, the Ravens got receivers for, for Lamar Jackson finally. I can buy that. If you want to tell me, you know, Steelers are strong top to bottom, I can buy that. If you going to tell me, well, you know, Deshaun Watson is now back to, you know, football, regular football, regular offseason, and they added pieces in Cleveland, I could buy that as well. So whoever you pick in the AFC North, I don't think that's a surprise. I'm going with the Bengals, but, like, you're not going to, you're not going to blow somebody's mind or get, like, a plus 500 money line if you go with one of those other teams.
2: Do you have an official or unofficial Super Bowl prediction?
0: I am going with the Bengals against the Eagles. In the NFC, it is so tough because you have the Eagles, you have the 49ers. I think some people will put the Lions in there, will put the Cowboys in there. And it's kind of a who's going to be healthy in December type of question among those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm backing on the idea that the Eagles have that front-line talent. They have a lot of depth on defense, and they'll be that healthy team. In the AFC, again, the reason I'm going with the Bengals, a little bit of what we saw last night, that she might be built for 12 wins, not 14 wins this year. And I feel the same way about the Bills, that they've been slowly losing guys you know, losing guys on the edge rush and losing guys at linebacker. And these other positions that aren't glamorous and they don't make headlines. But you lose a little bit from the Bills, and the Bills do not have a lot to lose because they were always the second or third best team in the AFC. And now they might be the third.
2: Talking NFL with Mike Tanier, the messenger and also co-author of the FTN Almanac. All right, let's get into this week one matchup. San Francisco at Pittsburgh. Uh, what should we expect from Nick Bosa? And uh, do you believe that the Pittsburgh offense during the preseason with Kenny Pickett is uh, on, on the right track here?
0: Oh, it's on the right track. I think people are overreacting. I I've seen people like put them in as a Super Bowl pick, and that's that's overreacting. You know, they they were playing backups at times; they were not playing scheme teams. It looks like an offense going in the right direction. I think you can expect from Nick Bosa what we always expect from Nick Bosa. He's going to wreak havoc on his side. I think DJ Watt will wreak havoc on his side as well. Um, I look at this game and I say this is not a great matchup for the 49ers. You know, the the 49ers want an opponent that's not going to tackle well so that Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel can turn, like, one-yard passes into 30-yard games. I think we know the Steelers uh, uh, tackle very well and play fundamentally sound defense. I think the 49ers like it when Brock, Brock Purdy can sit in the pocket. You can't really sit in the pocket against the Steelers' defense. So this is one of my minor upsets. I'm not gaga over the Steelers, but I like the matchup for the Steelers. This is one of my minor upsets for this week.
2: Green Bay at Chicago. Do we believe in J- Jordan Love? Do we believe in the Bears?
0: We don't believe in the Bears. Uh, we're hoping to see a Justin Fields that's improved and exciting to watch. Uh, The little cameos we saw in the preseason really weren't that strong. For this game, uh, this is a game I would be really jumping on the Packers hard in terms of, you know, the the team to pick, the team to pick this week, except that we're watching the injury report. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, that's the number one and number two receiver for Jordan Love, uh, are questionable. I don't know their status as of now. We'll know in a few hours. Um, But if they're good to go, we're going to really see Jordan Love. If not, you might want to push pause on any big reactions Uh, to to this guy because, you know, nobody's going to look good without wide receiver one and wide receiver two.
2: Miami at the Chargers. How does uh, Miami defense coordinator Vic Fangio try to compensate for at least the next couple of months without Jalen Ramsey?
0: Uh, You know, the one thing he has going for him is that's a very stout defense up the middle you got guys like Christian Wilkins and Jerome Baker at defensive tackle and at linebacker, and I think they've got a little more talent at the edge than they've had in the past. So you try to stay stout up the middle. You try to, uh, you know, you try to get the edge roughs. You have Zig and Howard at one cornerback spot. Um, and he's a pretty good player. He's gotten a little older now, but like, he's still a guy who was a pro bowler in his prime. And then you hope to get by at the other position. It's a pretty good matchup to do that because if you look at the Chargers, you got Mike Williams, you got Keenan Allen, you got the rookie Quinton Johnson. Those are very good receivers. It's not Tyreek Hill. There's nobody like that out there that threatens the defense in that way. So I, I think Fangio is going to dial up some, some, some blitzes. And it's going to create some opportunities. And they just have to make sure – the Dolphins have to make sure that the weakest link is not exposed by Justin Herbert and the Chargers.
2: Sunday night, uh, Dak has won his last 10 starts against the Giants. Does that matter?
0: No, but he'll win his 11th start. Uh, You know, it matters because the Giants, for most of Dak Prescott's career, have not been a strong team. You know, they were a fading team. A couple of different coaches, the Dave Gettleman era, and they didn't have a very strong roster. They're better now, but if you look at their roster top to bottom, the Giants still have a lot of rebuilding to do. And I hate calling it a fluke because they worked their, their, their butts off to get there last year, but they weren't that strong a team. They won close games while coached fundamentally sound football. You go against the Cowboys on Sunday night. The Giants are starting two rookie cornerbacks, two rookie cornerbacks against C.D. Lamb and um, uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, I think it's going to be a long evening for the Giants and a, and a pretty straightforward win for Dak.
2: Okay, Monday night, uh, the uh, Aaron Rodgers debut with the Jets against the Bills. What are you looking for in that game? I'm,
0: <sighs> I'm I'm so weary of Aaron Rodgers and the Jets right now. I I really just hope it is a good, close, competitive matchup so that we we really see the strengths of these teams. It's interesting, that my pal Aaron Schatz uh, for FTN Network. Run it. That game is really important for Super Bowl odds, really important for playoff odds. Nobody in the AFC East wants to start out 0-1 against another team in the AFC East because it's going to be very hotly contested, and it will probably be these two teams. So I don't know what to expect. I want to see both teams play well, and I just want a break from the nonstop Aaron Rodgers hype for just a few days, (laughs) and I, I don't think we're going to get it until maybe the Jets bye week.
2: Yeah, certainly i not going to get there on the whole Monday to talk about it. And then the Monday night game on ESPN. So yeah, good luck yeah, on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what else might you be looking forward to on Sunday that I had a game or, you know, a player I haven't brought up here?
0: There is so much. This is such a packed week one. You have a lot of rookie quarterbacks starting and they're all starting at the one o'clock games. You got uh, uh, Bryce Young against the Falcons for the Panthers, You've got C.J. Stroud for the Texans against the Ravens. You've got uh, um, Anthony Richardson, a blank there, for the Colts against the Jaguars. I have a funny feeling it's going to be a rough outing for all three of them. What I hope to be able to do is I'm going to go to my local tavern, get three TVs, ask the bartender to put all three of them up, and I can watch all three quarterbacks at once and see if one of them has a bigger game than the other. But it's always exciting to see these debuts and see how, what, what progress these young men have made at this point
2: if you had to guess which of those three quarterbacks will be best
0: in week one or for the season
2: week? Well, how about both?
0: Okay, I'll say Anthony Richards in week one could go out there and run the read option and run for, like, 90 yards and break tackles and do stuff like that. I don't think the Colts can beat the Jaguars. I don't think they have the horses to do it. But Richardson could generate a lot of highlights and look like, you know, he's able to do things uh, with his legs that the other guys aren't necessarily as as good at. Overall, C.J. Stroud has the best offensive line. And I think if you're looking at a – Rookie quarterback, you're going to say, is he going to take 50 sacks this year? Is he going to start throwing the ball up for grabs? Stroud is the least likely one to do that because the Texans did invest in their offensive line. He's got a pretty easy schedule. He could come out with the best stats of the three by the end of the season.
2: Mike, good stuff as always. How can people get a hold of your stuff, your new gig, and so forth?
0: Well, The Messenger is a full service newspaper. It is not just a sports site or a football site. The Messenger has news politics business entertainment sports you name it it's absolutely free just go to the messenger.com yes join get, get a newsletter get involved that way and uh, use it as your stop for all the news you need it's just like your local newspaper but it's on your computer
2: all right mike good stuff as always we appreciate it thanks much
0: you got it take care and enjoy the games on sunday
2: mike tanier of the messenger and co-author of the ftn almanac all right, next segment, phone call time if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll have a little uh, point spread update on the Cardinals, Sun Devils, and Wildcats uh, for the upcoming weekend, and also some Diamondbacks and uh, Cubs analysis from Thursday night at Wrigley Field. You're listening to the Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. Teams Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night, starting at seven on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app.
1: It's time for today's local roundup.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD Two 100.7. And in addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time to the KDUS Hotline 602-260-1060. If you're on hold right now, we'll get to you in just a couple of seconds, really very quickly here. First up, I do want to mention that the Cardinals, Sun Devils, and Wildcats are all underdogs this weekend. The Cardinals, seven-point underdogs, even though there's some indications this might go higher. Uh, There's some sevens with uh, some substantial juice out there worldwide. So last look, which was like an hour ago, seven-point underdogs on Sunday, uh, at Washington, the total sitting at 38. The Sun Devils are getting three points at home against uh, Oklahoma State. Total in that game is 50.5. Then the Wildcats are plus nine at, Oklahoma, at uh, Mississippi State. Uh, the, uh, the game, that, of course, they played in Tucson last year, and the U of A lost that game. Uh, now they go to Mississippi State for the rematch. Total of 61 in that uh, U of A-Mississippi State game tomorrow night. In uh in uh Missis- at uh, at at Mississippi State with the Cowbells. Oh boy, you gotta deal with the Cowbells. All right. The the UV has to deal with them, and if you're watching the game you gotta try to just block that out of your brain when you're listening to the cowbell Cowbells the whole game when the other team's on offense. All right. On to the phone lines we go, Monroe and Glendale. What's going on, Monroe?
3: Happy Friday, Bob.
2: Happy football season.
3: Yes, sir. I can have all my three TVs going at the same time now, for real.
2: All right.
3: Um, I was all prepared to get on and and tell you that the Eagles and the Bengals were playing the Super Bowl, and Mike Tangier just stole my <laughs> stole my thunder. Uh,
2: well, that's okay. I, you can just you know, great minds think alike, right?
3: There you go. Um, when all the smoke clears, that's what I expect. I I, I don't think that. Um, the Eagles have, you know, 49ers are the, the biggest challenge, I think, for them. And, and I'm a person that believes that we got enough video on Brock Purdy now. They can game plan for him. and So I don't know how well he'll do coming back from his injury, but I think that uh, he would be the area of concern for me regarding the 49 And I understand I, that. I think Cincinnati, they just have Kansas City number. Uh, and were it not for some, while not incorrect call, some questionable calls, they might have ended up in the Super Bowl instead of Kansas City. Uh, yeah, they could have. Yep. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I, I tell my Steeler buddies that they should always remember that hope springs eternal in the preseason. <laughs> just Everybody's going to the Super Bowl in the preseason, uh, and then we have to play those darn regular season games. And oh, so, what
2: a what a crime!
3: What what a crime! <laughs> and so I'm, I'm I can see them winning ten games if they beat the teams they should beat, but I don't really care about that. I care that if they make the playoffs, they get out of the wild. <laughs> That's what I would like to see. Well, uh, they make think, if they make the
2: playoffs. If they make the playoffs, they will have done something right to get to the playoffs, especially yeah. in that division.
3: Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I I fully believe that's the toughest division. Um, yeah, I, I, I I totally I agree a, with you. I don't put a whole lot of stock in Green Bay. I don't know enough about it yet. I'm happy for the for the Lions because the one and only time I ever watched Hard Knocks was the Lions. My biggest mistake is I watched it at 10.30 at night. So, oh, <laughs> Dan Campbell had me cranked up. I like ta- him.
2: Yeah, the, the, the Dan Campbell caffeine rubbed off on you at 10.30 at night.
3: <laughs> oh, dude, I'm telling you. It was like I was blocking my wife in fact. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> um, okay. let, me, let me ask you a baseball question. Um, Uh-oh. Okay. The, the, what should I make of the Astros? I, I've been... That's, might be
2: asking the wrong guy. I mean, I didn't declare them... You know, I've been on the Astros forever. And uh, obviously, last year, I thought they were the best team, like, from May 1st on, and I was right. Then I, you know, thought that, okay, they're going to get this together. And then I pretty much decided, well, there something's missing here. And, you know, since I said that, for the most part, with the exception of somehow being swept against the Yankees... Uh, the Astros. As soon as I said that something's not right about them, they played really well. <laughs> so uh, I might be the wrong person to t- ask about the Astros this year. However, all that being said, if I were forced to pick one team to go to the World Series from the American League at the moment, I would pick the Astros. Oh my god! So goodness. yeah,
3: I, 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 my my dad, he used to say. Don't spin up all your runs in one game. You need to change them for the next game. <laughs> yeah. I understand it, that thinking. They they are. it seems like it's feast of famine from my non- Yeah, ball that's perspective. true perspective. Uh and so that concerns me. I don't really know what what to make of that. I don't want to get okay, too excited I'm... and hype.
2: Let me flip that a little bit. Yeah, you know, for me, uh, I don't. You know, if you want to score seventeen runs one day, that's wonderful. My biggest feast and famine thing with the Astros this year is I'm not real sure what I'm getting from the pitching staff, and that was the reason they were so dominant last year.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I I agree with that. Um, so having having said all of that, do do you think at least they've overcome their health
2: issues at least that much. It seems like it. They're all playing now. And, it yeah. you know, you know, you know knock-on countertop here. I'd say wood, but this is countertop that I'm knocking on in front of me right now. Uh, but, yeah, you Altuve, know, who hits a home run like every other bat, uh, is okay. You know, Alvarez is the guy that's, I think, most the biggest concern for me uh, because he's been in and out a couple of different times. Once for 50-some games. If he's not healthy, then you know you can. I think their chances of reaching the World Series are greatly reduced. Uh, I don't really care about the Brantley thing. Uh, You know, he's a tremendous hitter when he's out there, but I I doubt if they're actually counting on him uh, to be an everyday player even in the off season. Yeah. -hmm. Uh, Excuse me. I mean the the postseason. Postseason. Sorry.
3: I got my fingers crossed. So I like to do it just mostly okay. in honor of my dad because that was his team. Oh, good so. much. That's good. All yeah. right. Good deal All right, there. thanks,
2: Bob. All right, Monroe. Appreciate it. Sticking to the baseball theme, the Diamondbacks uh, won the opener last night of the four-game series at Wrigley Field. It was a combination of the long ball, good starting pitching, a rarity of late, quite frankly, for the Diamondbacks, good starting pitching, and also the major league debut of Jordan Lawler. Six to two victory in the end. The Diamondbacks, with the wind blowing in at Wrigley Field, still hit three home runs: a uh, solo homer by Tommy Pham in the first inning, a two-run shot by Cattell Marte in the second inning, and a uh, second home run by Pham, a uh, two-run homer in the uh, eighth inning, which gave them a little cushion that they ended up. I think you know they it wasn't decisive as far as the score goes, but certainly made them feel a little more comfortable about comfortable about their situation. Fam now has five home runs since he joined the Diamondbacks right at the trade deadline, and he's played much better defense than advertised and what I had previously seen. Ryan Nelson back from AAA Reno, making his first start in the Major League since August the 11th. Uh, he was the winning pitcher. He allowed one run, two hits, two walks, three strikeouts over five in the third innings. Truth be told, he was very fortunate to keep the ball in the ballpark. He had four long fly ball outs. Uh, and also, truth be told, part two, Nelson's been good this year, even in his early stint with the Diamondbacks, or you know, the early in the season. He he's good on the road. He's been really terrible at home, but really good on the road. On the road now, he's five and two with a 3.18 earned run average for the season. Lawler, the Diamondbacks' top prospect, major, made his major league debut. He hit eighth, uh, finished one for four. He uh, played shortstop and made a couple of very nice plays. However, Torrey Lavello, perhaps confirming Lawler's reputation of being an average defender, uh, he took Lawler out of the game uh, in the ninth inning, opted for uh, Geraldo Perdomo at shortstop, and also Emmanuel Rivera at third, and uh, Lovello's uh, you know, move paid off. Lovello, uh, uh, for, you know, really good move there because Rivera made an excellent glove play in the ninth inning. Uh, to end the game, and uh, if that ball gets by uh, Rivero, it's going to get really hairy for the Diamondbacks. I think the worst thing that happened last night is, unfortunately, Paul Seawald had to come in and finish the game because Joe Mantiply couldn't finish the game with a 6-1 lead to start the ninth inning, and this was the first of a four-game series in Grigley, and it'd be nice if you had Seawald didn't have to pitch last night uh, you know, so the deep, the, even their starting, their best starting pitchers are two best guys for this season are pitching the next two days with gallon this afternoon or later this morning, technically, uh, our time. And then, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Merrill Kelly tomorrow, but those two guys have not you know pitched deep into games lately. And when they have in Kelly's case, he keeps cramping up. So we'll see how that goes up next 1120 today. Game two, uh, Zach Allen, fourteen and seven. His earn run average is now up to three forty-eight after the last two starts, which have not been good. After he was spectacular and a candidate for the uh, National League Pitcher of the Month of August, but last two starts not good. Uh, he faces fellow right-hander uh, Jamison Tyone, who is seven and nine with a five seventy-three earn run average. If you're watching this game in a couple hours. You're going to know pretty quickly if Tyone's going to be good or not good because it seems like you uh, he's either dominant or close to it or it's like uh, you, know, you want to grab a bat and go up there and hit against him. Uh, it doesn't seem to hold, be a whole lot in between. So the Diamondbacks win last night. That puts them back in to the wild card you know, mix now as far as being in. Uh, they're you know a whopping. You know, still tied in the loss column, but they're a half game ahead of uh, the uh, Florida Marlins, who lost last night to the Dodgers. All right, coming up next, we have news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show at the national roundup. That will include uh, a little from the scoreboard. I'm not really exactly sure what it's going to include, quite frankly. I'm um, kind of up against it. The final segment here, which happens more than I'd like, quite uh, quite frankly, part two. Uh, but we'll try to get to a, a few things. Joe Burrow hit the jackpot last night, or yesterday afternoon, actually. I guess technically and they announced it last night. It was announced during the Sunday night, the uh, me, the Thursday night football game. Um, so good timing there. But you know, the, when he was at practice yesterday, all his teammates already knew about it, and that practice was like several several hours before the official announcement that Burrow got paid. A little more on that in the next segment, and wherever else I can jam in into the uh, final segment of the show. You're listening to Sports on with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2
1: 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun.
0: Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: It's
2: time for today's national roundup. All right, welcome back. Final segment of today's sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSA M ten sixty and KSLUX HD two one hundred point seven. Uh, quickly, let me go through a potpourri of things here. Uh, let's start with Major League Baseball from last night. Uh, the Mariners won the opener of a big four game series at Tampa. A pitcher's duel. Uh, Luis Castillo went six innings. He six that's his actually his sixth consecutive decision that he's won, and uh, the Mariners beat uh, Tampa Bay 1-0 uh, in that game last night. Uh, Castillo now 12 and seven on the season, threw 108 pitches in six innings, but uh, worked out and their bullpen finished it off yesterday. Today it's George Kirby against Taj Bradley. Uh, Bradley uh, now being, I think, uh, it's safe to say being counted on with the uh, you know injury-depleted raise rotation. They need Bradley to come through. He's been up and down in the minor leagues at least a couple of times this year. Rip from the headlines from the NFL, Joe Burrow got paid five years, $275 million. He's now the highest-paid player in the NFL. He also has the same representation as, as Nick Bosa, Pretty good day for that group. Uh, the uh, you know, two days in a row, you have the highest-paid player in the NFL and the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers do not intend uh, to trade Mike Evans before the season. After he publicly even said last earlier this week, really, uh, that if he doesn't get a contract extension before Sunday, he will not negotiate during the season. I never believe that stuff. If they come to him during the season and we say, we're going to give you all this money, what, he's going to say no. Uh, but, you know, that he's the latest guy to use that uh, strategy, I guess. Meanwhile, been, uh, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson continues to be not happy about his contract, but he also said that he's not going to you know, stage a protest or whatever, but he would prefer that he had a new contract before the season started. College football, North Carolina wide receiver, Tez Walker, um, his most recent appeal to the NCAA to regain his eligibility has been denied. Mac Brown ripped the NCAA for the decision. A very long statement, so if you're interested, interested in that, you can check that out on your favorite uh, Google or however you find your information on the Internet. Meanwhile around Major League Baseball, Adoles Garcia of the Rangers. They uh, The Rangers said they expect him to return this season. But they did place him on the 10-day injured list with a right patella tendon strain. Uh, GM Chris Young uh, did not provide a timetable, however. So a lot of vague information coming from the Rangers about Garcia, who, by the way, leads the American League and runs batted at him. Also, one of their quick baseball notes: Bryce Harper said he would be a uh, – Fine about staying at first base next season, but Reese Hoskins, who has been out all this year after a spring training knee injury, he's expected back by next season. Uh, I'm guessing Hoskins would be the DH, who's not a great inf- not a great first baseman. Harper's done pretty well at first base for the most part of the games that I've seen, so I'm guessing that that might be the 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 uh, the form of approach for the Phillies next year. All right, next two hours, it's The Extra Point hosted by Kayla. We'll have some uh, Chiefs and Lions analysis from last night. We'll preview the Saturday college and Sunday NFL schedule, prop bet discussion with Brian Blewett of Pro Football Network, and more phone call time, 602 260 1062 This has been The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.